Fly-By-Night Podcast, a podcast by FedEx Pilots for FedEx Pilots, brought to you by the FedEx Master Executive Council of the Airline Pilots Association. Here's your host, FedEx MEC Communications Chairman, Captain Chris Lee. With me today, I have Captain Pete Harmon, MEC Chairman, and First Officer Don Lopke, Secretary Treasurer. Thanks, guys, for showing up. Hey, it's great to be here, Chris. Yes, Thank sir. you very great much. Great to be here. Everybody's pretty much aware that we have a lot of new pilots on the property. I believe the last number I heard was at least 13, 1,400 pilots have been hired since our last contract was ratified. Let's just talk a little bit about your background, how you got to FedEx, and what you've been doing with the union. And we'll start with you, Pete. We do have, uh, right now, 27% of our pilots have come on the property since contract 2015 went into force. That's a lot of pilots, and we expect several hundred more before we get through contract 21. That's a big deal. So first of all, I want to say to all of those pilots, uh, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're excited to uh, have those seniority numbers continue to bump up. And uh, those, those of you near the bottom will find yourself fairly rapidly not at the bottom anymore. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a FedEx pilot. I personally have been a FedEx pilot. And I'm in my 24th year here now. Prior to that, I flew Harriers in the Marine Corps, East Coast. And while I enjoyed that and I intended to make that a career, I quickly found myself, after a couple of gun squadron tours, on a fast track to going to the Pentagon for three years. And I could not imagine an office job and not flying an airplane. Don? Well, I came up to the civilian side, and uh, but civilian or military, I think backgrounds are similar in that you have to have a love for flying. Something fascinated you about it. So when I was 17, my brother gave me an opportunity to go to an airport, work there in exchange for flight time. And in 29 days, I went from zero knowledge, zero flight time to being a private pilot. And I was uh, had just finished my junior year of high school. So had an early love of aviation, went up through the typical civilian ranks and uh, ended up at a commuter. And I was a commuter captain on uh, three three different type aircraft. I left there to go to DHL Airways. Um, and honestly, when I got there, I thought that was my final destination. Here I am at my fifth airline. This is my final destination. It's great to be here. But uh, after DHL, I went to UPS and uh, I was furloughed there. And that was uh, disappointing to say the least, but everything works out for the best. I truly believe that. And uh, I took a little job as a DC-9 instructor pilot between UPS and FedEx hired me. Uh, FedEx hired me eight years ago. I was the 60th guy in the door when they started this hiring boom. And um, I got to uh, sit through the negotiation, not not participate at the table, but, but be a uh, member in good standing during negotiations last time, uh, which is what motivated me to uh, end up running for a block rep position for the Block 8 folks. Pete, talk a little bit about your previous Alpha experience. Well, I first started off and spent uh, just shy of two years as the vice chairman of communications. And shortly after that, the safety committee came open. And my background in the Marine Corps was safety. So I had an interest in that, and I wanted to do that and became the Central Air Safety Chairman. Fascinating work, and it, I happened to get on at the time when we were just implementing the ASAP and FOQA programs, and SMS was a new thing here at FedEx. So it was exciting work. It was, in fact, it's the most fascinating work I've ever done is the ASAP. You get to read all the safety reports and go through and work with management and the FAA and figuring out solutions to the various 
problems that come up, not to mention the fact that the program gives you a uh, certificate action protection if you participate voluntarily. Uh, after a couple years of that, I needed to step back for uh, some time with my family, get some things squared away. Uh, did that, and then I was sitting on a beach in Penang, Malaysia, minding my own business when my telephone rang, and I made the mistake of answering it. It was another previous MEC chairman and asked me if I was uh, willing to become the safety chairman again. So I did. About three months later, my block rep resigned. And at that point in time, I decided that I might be able to make a difference at the table. So I ran for and got elected to the block three rep position. I finished his term and then I was elected to reelected to another term. And that was in the fall of 2017, started in 2018. Did about a year of that, and then I stepped up and I ran for uh, chairman at the elections in January and vacated Block 3 then. So uh, here I am as the chairman. Uh, I had no visions of this, no particular, I've, I want to do this, I've got to do this, but I saw some opportunities to uh, encourage others to volunteer, to participate, to communicate in both directions, mainly with the theme that and you're going to hear this a lot over the next couple of years uh, from me as the chairman. Uh, we're going to take care of each other. We are ALPA. It's what we do. We are a group of pilots who realize that there's more to life than just getting in the airplane. As, as a close friend of mine once said, I go to work, I keep my mouth shut, I don't bend metal, I go home. And as much as I enjoyed that part of the job, I found it lacking that, you know, there was more I could do. I could step up, I could help out. And so that's how I became involved with communications and with safety and as a block rep. There are a lot of problems that need to be addressed, and I want guys to feel like they can step up and be part of this, that we're going to take care of each other, and that the most important thing about that that I can offer is that we at ALPA are the guys that are trying to help. FedEx isn't malevolent, but certainly they are the ones the corporation is the ones that becomes the faceless, nameless, hey, this is the direction we're going to move, and it creates problems for people in their lives. Well, Alpa's here to help. So I want to focus that that's the point. When you want to get on social media and go, uh, Alpa didn't do this, or Alpa didn't do that, or Alpa didn't take care, wait a minute, you're part of Alpa. You're a dues-paying member in good standing. We are Alpa. Yeah. Please consider stepping up, joining in. If you see a solution... Don't just complain. Please get involved. Offer solutions. We're, we're happy to take that. But we're not the ones trying to cause the problems. We're trying to fix the problem. So this morning I was out uh, maintaining my proficiency. Uh, I think it's important to uh, not just maintain currency but proficiency. And we were talking this very subject in the, in the, uh, the cockpit at Cruise with a jump seater. He said, you know, union has such a bad connotation to it. We should call ourselves an association. And I looked at him and smiled. I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I said, uh, we do call ourselves an association. We are the Airline Pilots Association and the FedEx MEC. We're an association, and everybody, every pilot at FedEx is part of that association. Absolutely. Well, and we are a professional association. And that being said, there are, there are several who, in fact, one of the recent examples, I saw a pilot walk up to our national president, Joe DePete, about a month before he retired, 
and said, we got to call ourselves a union. Quit calling ourselves an association. So there are diverse opinions out there. But regardless of whether you call us a union or an association, the fact is we are a professional association, and the fact is we are a union. And we've got an obligation to take care of each other. It's what we do. And I've seen several occasions in my career where pilots, uh, I I recall one many years ago, where a pilot who was a non-member was terminated by the company Alpa stepped in and defended him. He imme- he got his job back, and he immediately wrote a check for all his back dues and became one of our more ardent supporters. He realized that, you know what, we take care of each other, and my union dues are, in fact, worth it. Both of you, your most recent position with the union was as a block rep. How is your role different now that you're officers? Well, for me, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. Um, First off, playing with numbers is something I've always enjoyed doing. I knew what the job entailed. Um, I had ran for a previous officer position that didn't entail doing those numbers because I knew what it entailed. Uh, But when I got the chance to step up again to run for this position, it wasn't the numbers that uh, I don't know if saying I was worried about. I wasn't worried about the numbers. I was more interested in being in a position to help lead and mold where we're going for contract 2021 and so the one thing that i pledged to the reps at the table who elected me was that pete that i would be wholeheartedly supporting him but as pete will tell you that for me involves uh, he gets my unvarnished opinion uh, yes i do (laughs) and so uh that's that's the part of the the job i enjoy is just being able to uh to help Pete lead this pilot group as we prepare for contract 2021 and as we defend our contract as it presently is written. Both of you took office April 1st of this year. So how's it going? How was the transition and and how's it going moving forward? It's been a little busy to say the least. Um, I want to actually circle back real quickly on the whole uh, block rep and officer uh, thing as well though. First of all, the vast majority of pilots, I'm convinced, do not understand the block rep and the council system. Um, it, it's confusing even when you've been doing it for a long time because you could be in block seven, that means you're in council 22, or you can be in council seven, which means you're in either block one, four, or eight. So, um, and and then there's there's council 500, which is Indianapolis, so that's easy to remember at least. But uh, Indy 500, but it. It's a bit convoluted, but it pays. I want everybody to figure out who your block rep is. So get on the website, fdx.alpa.org. Go to your, find your seniority number, find your council block rep, and realize that if you are in Council 7, that Block 1, 4, and 8 are all representing you. You can vote for any one of those as chairman, vice chairman, or secretary treasurer. And that gets really deep and convoluted quick. So I'm going to leave that there before it goes too much further. So, but now I'm an officer and that means uh, I'm at the top of the pyramid and I'm down the hall and, and I've been elevated to, no, let me tell you what it really means. I now work for the 14 block reps who make the decisions in the room. I don't have a vote at the table anymore. Uh, Don Lepke, Dave Chase, the vice chairman, and myself, we're charged with running the day-to-day operations of the union. We interact with the company. We interact with the committee chairman. 
We interact with Alpa National. We interact on occasion with several of the regulatory agencies and that sort of thing. Because as anyone knows who's tried to ever do anything, you know, what, what's the definition of a camel? It's, it's a horse designed by a committee, all right? A committee of 14 finds it very difficult to have have things get done unless they appoint point men to do that. So that's kind of where we are. We work for the 14 and the 14 work for the 5,000 pilots. So it's kind of an inverted pyramid. Um, but I, I'll tell you, it's, it's truly an honor to serve. Um, to, and to do this is, uh, it, as you said, the transition has been going on. We started with a whirlwind tour around the world. We went to Hong Kong and Narita for the 10th anniversary of uh, FedEx 80, the memorial there. Uh, then we went over to Germany and spent some time in Cologne with, uh, with that pilot group. And uh, we've been back here. Uh, we've had uh, our second week on the job. We did the uh, quarterly MEC meeting. And now we're trying to carry out some of the decisions that were made then and deal with a, a whole plethora of issues. How's your transition going, Don? <laughs> well, b- busy is, is a good way to put it. Uh, it was kind of funny. My wife told me this morning, she said, I, I said, honey, I'm tired. And she said, I know this job is wearing you down. I said, no, I just got in from an AM out and back. I'm, I'm, yeah, so uh, kind of funny. Yeah, everybody's tired. But, but that being said, I was very lucky in that um, I got a really good handoff from the previous secretary treasurer. And uh, the staff here is phenomenal. And so it's really made the transition just a, a non-event. And I'm thankful for that because even though it's been a non-event, it has been busy. I, I'm always amazed how fast my days go by. There's never enough hours in the day. Um, so uh, I'm excited going forward. I feel like I've uh, been entrenched in the job, and yet we've only been here for, you know, five weeks. And uh so, yeah, it's yeah. it's going well. You know, you bring up the staff, and I want to mention that, too. We have 16 professional staff here at Kirby Parkway. The There are three staff attorneys, three folks in contract enforcement, uh, two folks in retirement and insurance. They put on an amazing seminar, the contract enforcement people. I'd be surprised if between the three of them they don't have 100 and a quarter to 150 open cases on any given day. And I we first conference I ever sat in with them, we sat for about two hours and went over every case that was going on and, and where it stood and what was what we were at. And jokingly, at the end, I said, well, uh, how many new cases have come in over the course of this two hours? And Eric Johnson looks down at his email. He goes, well, I've gotten seven new emails uh, with, with what appear to be cases. And Ashley Davis was pretty much the same way. And Rose Johnson said, well, I've got 11. So she had them all beat. But um, they are incredibly knowledgeable. Use the staff. I cannot tell you how many times that I've had an issue come up in my career and I pick up the phone and I call Alpha and say, is someone in contract enforcement or even R&I issues? Uh, Something with, it it was Vanguard, now it's Fidelity. Um, What's the status on this? How does that work? Uh, That's what your union dues are paying for. And I can tell you that uh, in one occasion, Back 10 or 12 years ago, I picked up the phone and called contract enforcement. The answer that Rose Johnson gave me paid my union dues for the year. It saved me that much money. So use these folks. They're a fabulous resource. You may not always get the answer you like, but you're always going to get a correct answer. I can tell you that. 
More correct than social media, probably. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, absolutely. I, and I, that's another point that at some point I wanted to bring up. Uh, stay off of social media if you're looking for answers, all right? And in fact, the, my predecessor once called a guy and said, come on, you know what you put up on that website was patently false. We had talked about it before. And his answer was, I know, but I just like to put something like that up there and, and watch the fur fly as the, uh, as, as the fur ball ensues. Like, are you kidding me, man? Now, well, that's entertaining anecdotally. What isn't entertaining about it is that creates derision and division that ultimately leads to money out of your pocket and my pocket and their own pocket. So while it may be entertaining on the surface and in the short term, in the long term, it's divisive and it costs us all money. So please reconsider before pulling the trigger. It's, it's much fun as it is to get on social media and pull that trigger. Man, think of the long-term ramifications, please. Use the union resources. They're abundant. Any member can come over to the office if they'd rather do it face-to-face versus a phone call. That kind of leads us into initiatives like Quality of Life and PDR. Moving forward, how do you see those expanding and, and helping as we march toward Contract 2021? We are in a new phase now, and you talked about PDR and quality of life, and, and it's all the communications that we have. But PDR, Pilot Data Report, is new. It's on fdx.alpa.org. It's prominently displayed right on the front page. And it's your best method to communicate with any of the 30-plus committees and the hundreds of volunteers that are here trying to do good work for you. Uh, go in there. It's a drop-down menu, and it will take you right down to, hopefully, you know, if you have a, a scheduling improvement group issue, that it'll take you right down to your airframe and fleet, and you can submit a question or a problem or identify something along those lines. Uh, we will go into meetings, and we, in the past, have always heard, no data, no problem. Well, what we found with uh, the company's reporting system insight is that uh, there are some deficiencies in it, and they're acknowledged by the company. Um, I'm sure they're trying to fix them, but that's for management. Management manages. That's that's not our job. Our system, the reason that we developed this PDR is not only so that we can fix your problems, but so that we'll have a record of it. We'll have data so that if we walk in and a company says, oh, we don't have any data, there's no problem. Well, we can have a stack of sheets that says, hey, the Osaka Hotel something needs to be done, which, in fact, we did, and we, we made a positive change there. So, Yeah, absolutely. We are here to help. We're not here to ignore. We're not here to, to gaff things off. We're doing the best we possibly can. Um, but in some cases, we may be shorthanded. Uh, do you have a solution? Let us know. Come volunteer. Come be part of, again, quality of life, PDR. Part of that is P2P, pilot-to-pilot committee. What does that mean? Well, I need I need about two hours of your time every month. We're going to get on the telephone. We're going to talk about the issues of the day. We're going to have messages to transmit out to the pilots. But more important, we now have conduits in the crew room, in the cockpits, to, to bring your problems back to us. And now let, let me be very careful about what I'm saying there because I, I don't really want you to discuss contentious issues in the cockpit keep that separate that that's not the place or the time to discuss contentious issues about labor and management and that sort of thing but if you have a pilot to pilot rep in your cockpit by all means grab them in the cab on the way to the hotel 
when you're out at dinner. Talk to them. Tell them what your problem is. Tell them what your issue is. Bring Help bring that back to us. And if you have a couple hours a month, you're willing to get on the phone with us and, and learn what the issues of the day are, we would love to have your help and your input. Pete and Don, thanks again for coming. For those of you out there listening, we've created an email address, fdxpodcast at alpa.org. Please email us there any comments you have, questions, future topics you'd like to hear. And as always, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time.